Spring training is upon us for the Atlanta Braves, and today we're going to look at the five biggest storylines to watch throughout spring training. All that on today's episode of Locked on Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at lockdown underscore braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always enjoy hearing from you. We'll have our mailbag episode on Friday, and I will send out a tweet from Lockdown underscore Braves. Submit your question to that tweet to be answered on Friday's mailbag episode. If you are new, I know there's some of you out there who haven't done this yet. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We're so, so close to 9,000 subscribers. We're trying to make a push for 10K by opening day. If you've already subscribed, you can help me get there by hitting that thumbs up button, which you always do a fantastic job of. So please continue to do that. Tell your friends. Getting excited for the season. Spring training's here. Now is the perfect time to subscribe to Locked on Braves. If you're listening on the audio format, thank you so much as well. Make sure you leave me a five-star review if you would to help support the show. Thank you to all of my everydayers out there. Right now in the live chat section, we have Leland, Jeffrey, Henry, James, Brennan, Nick, Kevin Caps, Patrick Rosser, Alan, um, Sean Finley, and C.J. Palmer with us right now as we kick off the show. Thanks so much for joining me live. Do a lot of these shows live during the offseason. If you want to join us, usually start around 9 Central, 10 Eastern. Got to wait for the kids to go to bed. Sorry about the late time slot, but would love for you to come join us live. But however you consume Locked on Braves, thank you so much for your support. We're going to be talking about the top five storylines to watch in spring training this year. Before we get into that, though, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And we are getting started with our spring training coverage. Pitchers and catchers reporting on Wednesdays. You're waking up. If you didn't watch this live, you're waking up listening to the podcast. Pitchers and catchers reporting to get today. We're going to have so many pitchers, videos, Footage of what is going on at spring training, and I will take all of them. Just give me a picture of a palm tree, a baseball being thrown, a baseball popping a mitt, whatever it may be. I'll take it all right now, and it's all going to start on Wednesday. So, so excited to get spring training going. As Labes says, baseball is back, and I'm so pumped up for this season. But before we get to the regular season, we got a lot of spring training stuff to get through. And today, like I said, I want to give you five things to watch in spring training, things that I will be keeping my eye on. Let me know down in the comments section, whether live or just let me know down in the comments section on YouTube. What are you looking forward to seeing the most in spring training? What are you keeping your eye on? Got a couple of people who responded to that question on Twitter I'll get to later in the episode. Let's get some of the obvious ones out of the way first. I'm looking forward to every Ronald Acuna Jr. BP session. 
I know Otani's videos floating around out there about all the home runs he hit in batting practice, and it seems annoying. I get it. But once we get those videos of Ronald, I will understand. I love watching him take batting practice and just shoot baseballs all over the field. So give me all of those videos of Ronald Acuna Jr. taking BP and absolutely just destroying baseballs. I, let me see him do it left-handed. I want to see that home run derby between he and Michael Harris. Uh, Harris hitting right-handed, Ronald hitting left-handed. Would love to see that happen. We all want to see the PFPs, the pitchers fielding practice as well. You know, it is a spring training staple. Can't wait to see what that looks like. And then the final one for me, the obvious one for me, I want to see Ozzy laughing. Love seeing that smile from Ozzy Albies. It is not just a spring training thing, but it's an all-year-long thing with Ozzy Albies. But can't wait to see him out there cutting up with all the players and getting into the action, getting back into the groove of things. So that's some of the obvious things that I'm looking forward to. Now let's get into my top five, and we'll start here with number one. I'm not going to bury the lead here. We'll start right with the top, and the thing that I am most keeping an eye on in spring training is the health of Chris Sale. And I think for many Braves fans, this is one of the biggest storylines, maybe just not even for spring training, but for the entire year, is how is Chris Sale going to hold up? And look, he finished last year healthy. He did miss some time in there, but he finished the year healthy. He made nine starts in August and September combined, but he only threw more than 90 pitches in two of those starts and never more than 100. He threw he threw 90, he threw 100 pitches in a couple of starts down the stretch. So Red Sox, we're kind of out of it at that point anyway, weren't really pushing Chris Sale. So how much do the Braves push him, especially early on do they baby him a little bit here in spring training do they hold him back to begin the season i'm really curious to see how they handle this chris sell situation do they just let him go you know if he looks healthy and he seems you know he he says he's healthy do they just let him go and work a normal spring training and get him geared up for the regular season and get him geared up to make 30 plus starts i i think that's unlikely to happen but I'm really I'm really curious to see how that starts out in spring training and just how they manage him, if they do try to manage him at all. And obviously, you know, I mentioned Chris Sale is the obvious one to look at, but the health of all starters in spring, in spring training will be a huge key to watch, as it always is. It It seems like the past several years, the Braves have always had a pitcher or two who gets delayed in, sp in spring training and misses the start of the season. I mean, you had spots open up for Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd last spring. I mean, they, they earned it. They had really good spring trainings, but you had to have spots open up for them. You know, Bryce Elder the year before that. So there's it just feels like there's always these little injuries, if you want to even call them that, in spring training that ends up causing a few of the brave starters to miss the regular season. Is this the year they get all five pitchers healthy to begin the year and hopefully more importantly to end the year. But, you know, key for all teams in spring training is to watch out for health. But I think even more so for the Braves in spring training and throughout the year is monitoring the health of their starting pitchers. Chris Sale is the top of that. Max Fried as well is coming off an injury riddled season and, and Charlie Morton, even though he's been, very durable. He is 40 years old now. So I think that's a key for 
a lot of Rays fans, again, not just in spring training, but throughout the year, is the health status of the starting pitching. Now, number two for me, and I could argue this might could be number one, how do the new coaches fit in? You're losing Wash and EY. Just about every video you watch from spring training of guys cutting up on the field and you know having fun, you see EY and Wash in those videos. Those seem to be the two guys that really kept everything loose. And they were, you know, very good teachers of the game, especially Wash with his Wash work and the defensive drills. Those are two very important coaches that are now gone. How big of an impact does that have losing them? And spring training, obviously, where you're going to see the coaches put in a, a lot of work. How quickly can Tom Goodwin, the new first base coach, how quickly can Matt Tuiasa Sopo, the new third base coach and infield instructor, along with Walt Wise, how quickly can they integrate themselves into this Braves clubhouse? Look, you're not going to replace Washington EY. In, in my opinion, those guys are, are irreplaceable for their experience and just how they get along in the clubhouse, again, how they keep everything loose. I think it's really tough to come in and replace those guys, especially in year one. But that is key, and that is critical to this Braves team's success is the coaching staff that they have and how great they are at you know managing personalities, which is a lot of what coaching is, but also just how good they were at their job. How quickly can, can Goodwin and Tuyasa Sopo come in and and fit in with the clubhouse and fit in with that team chemistry and help these guys as well along the way. I'm really interested to see what Walt Weiss and, and Tuiasa Sopo do with the infield crew because Braves couldn't, they need, even as great as Wash was, infield defense was not particularly good last year for the Braves. Austin Riley was the best defender on the infield. You know, Orlando RC was fine. Ozzy was quite frankly bad, and so was Matt Olson last year so they need some help on infield defense so i want to see that from these coaches this year but more importantly i want to see goodwin and tuyasa sopo really fit in with this team and both of these guys were in the system already they were already in the brave system so hopefully that makes this transition a little bit easier for them somebody that players are familiar with but i think this is an underrated part of the 2024 season is how quickly the new guys on this coaching staff fit in and jail with the players because it is a huge loss with EY and Wash now gone. So those are the top two things that I'm watching, health of the starting pitchers, in particular Chris Sale and how they handle him and how the new coaching staff fits in with this group. Still got three others that I want to get to, some really important ones as well, including looking at the rookies, Jared Kelnick and Ronaldo Lopez. We'll discuss all of those here next. Passion, drive, and patience. It's what you need when racing kids. It's what you need when taking care of your car and bringing home that winning trophy is what you need there with your ride or die. Keeping it alive over at eBay Motors, they have everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And if you like me, you're rocking the minivan. They got stuff for you as well to help you keep that van alive so you can get it to soccer, baseball practice, 
on time. With over 122 million parts to choose from for your ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash, which I appreciate. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at eBay Motors. That's ebaymotors.com. want to remind you again, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel on now on Amazon Fire TV. Tomorrow, we're going to go over the top position battle. So today, we're looking at the five biggest storylines. Tomorrow, we're going to dive into the top position battles to watch. Then on Thursday, we're going to take a step back or maybe forward, and we're going to look at the top free agents for next offseason. Could be a very important one for the Braves, especially on the pitching side of things. So on Thursday, we'll preview next offseason free agent class. Well, let's jump back into the top things to watch in spring training. I see Laves saying Waldrop splitter is one thing to watch. That's number three on my list. Not just Waldrop, but how much of a look do the rookies get? Specifically, A.J. Smith-Shauver and Hurston Waldrop. I'm very, very curious to see if they, you know, one, get some starts, and I think they'll get some starts, but if so, how many and how long do they go? How much of a look do they really give A.J. Smith-Shauver and Hurston Waldrop? Are they are they legitimately in a rotation battle for the fifth spot with Bryce Elder, Lopez, and others, you know, Darius Vines, etc.? Or do the Braves just want to continue to get some looks at them in case they need them later in the season? That's something I think a lot of fans are probably going to be watching because it's it's the exciting thing to watch. The new, you know, young kids on the mound. What are they going to look like? How quickly can they be ready? Certainly all eyes are going to be on those two, but even more so than just watching them pitch and and seeing what they can do on the mound. I know what they can do on the mound for the most part. And nothing in a short sample size in spring training is really going to change too much. We've been fooled by spring training performances in the past. See last year with Jared Schuster, Schuster and Dylan Dodd. But what I may be watching for even more is the type of outings these guys get. Like I said, are they starting games with the first teamers? Are they getting stretched out for two, three, four innings? You know, are they getting that much mileage in spring training? How legitimately are they in this fifth starter? race or are they just going to stash them and go with the guys they have for now that is something with those two in particular that i'm really watching another thing with the rookies that i'm keeping my eye on is how much playing time does ignacio alvarez get and how much of that time comes at shortstop he's likely going to be spend most if not all this upcoming year at double a spent all of last year at high a but once you get to double a you know with the braves you were just a phone call away. How much of a look do they give Ignacio Alvarez? Does he get some starts with the first teamers? How many at-bats does he get? 20? Does he get 25 at-bats 
in spring training. I'm really curious to see how they utilize Ignacio Alvarez, if at all. You know, it may just be getting a look at him. We may not see too much action from him in spring training. They may just want to get their eyes on him and see what they have. But I really want to see just, first of all, how much of a look does he actually get? Like I said, does he get 20, 25 at bats? Or is he just kind of there as a a feeler for the big league club to get their eyes on? And where do they play him? Do they continue to play him at shortstop? Do they think he's an answer there long term? That's what I really want to see with Ignacio Alvarez, you know, this year. Looking at at Michael Harris, you go back to the 2021 spring training that he had before he got called up from double A. He only got 18 at bats that spring training. He was really, really impressive. We all remember talking about him. He had five hits in those 18 at bats, including a home run. Does does Ignacio get that same level of attention? What does he do with it? And again, do they keep him at shortstop? Do they think that he is a potential replacement there? So I'm not saying that's going to be the case, but I'm saying it's something I'm keeping my eye on to see how they utilize him in spring training. And then finally, the other rookie I really got my eye on is Drake Baldwin. Does his bat look ready for big league pitching? I have serious questions about his swing. Obviously, it worked for him. He got all the way to AAA last year and had a, a huge season. But I have some concerns with that swing and whether or not it's going to translate at the higher levels. So I really want to see him get some at-bats, hopefully, against big league pitching. Again, you got to take spring training results with a grain of salt. But I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Drake Baldwin looks like. And he, could he potentially be you know, an option at catcher? Maybe this year, if there's an injury to Murphy or Travis Darno, do they give Drake Baldwin a look? Could he potentially be somebody for the DH spot next year if Marcelo Zuna is gone? So those are the rookies I'm really keeping my eye on. What they not just what they look like on the field, but how the Braves utilize them and how much of a look they give each of those rookies. Number four on my list: How does Jared Kelnick fit in? Again, in spring training, I am not necessarily looking at performance. I don't I don't think it really matters all that much what Jared Kelnick does on the field in spring training. I think he's going to be the starting left fielder in opening day, and I hope they give him every day at bats, whether they're facing a righty or a lefty. I hope at least to start, they give him every day at bats and let him try to solidify that job. You know, If he can handle lefties like he did at the beginning of last year, you really everything that he did at the beginning of last year, you let him ride that out and hope that he, he stays healthy. But the other part of this, again, a lot of these points I have, I'm looking beyond what's on the field. I'm trying to look at what's in between the lines or I guess outside of the lines of the field, you could say. And how does Jared Kelnick fit in to this clubhouse? I've heard, We've heard nothing really that he is a, a bad teammate, a bad clubhouse guy, but what we have heard is that there's some maturity issues last, you know, in the in his past, even last year, uh, you know, getting injured because he was throwing a, a tantrum. He says he's moved beyond that. Hopefully, he has. What does that look like in spring training? And how does he fit into this clubhouse? Does that behavior, does that type of attitude fit in with this clubhouse? Is it needed? We've talked a lot about since the end of, of last year and the last two years how much. 
somebody needs to spark a fire in this team. You need that Jock Peterson type of fire. I think if Kelnick can kind of, you know, repurpose all that, that anger and that energy that leads to some immature decisions and lead that into some fire for his team, you know, in the clubhouse, I think that could be a good thing. Similar to what we've talked about with the Chris Sale signing and him kind of bringing some fire to this team. I think Jared Kelnick could potentially bring that as well, but it's one I, I got to see. It's, you know, he hasn't been as, around as long as Chris Sale. Everybody knows who Chris Sale is and knows what to expect from him. What can you expect from Jared Kelnick, who has made some immature decisions in the past that has cost his team? Look, that didn't help the Mariners last year when he threw that, that tantrum and he got hurt. That didn't help the team. Has he moved beyond that? And can he bottle up that energy and turn it into good and be kind of that spark and that fire, you know, and not much is needed of him or expected of him rather. He's going to bat at the bottom of this lineup and he can have a major impact down there. So I'm really curious to see what the fit is, what other you know players are saying about him in the clubhouse, seeing his, his work ethic. I've heard him talk about, you know, how he's a tireless worker. He's going to outwork everybody. I want to see that. So it's, it's a lot with Jared Kelnick that I want to see not just on the field, but how he's fitting with the team, how that personality is translating and whether or not it's going to be a good thing for this team going forward. And then the fifth and final thing I want to talk about is what do they do with Ronaldo Lopez? And this is kind of a little became a bit of a, a topic on Tuesday as you had two of the major beat writers for the team talking about Ronaldo Lopez and how they think he's going to be given the shot to win the fifth starter job. And even Mark Bowman of MLB.com predicting that Ronaldo Lopez will be the fifth starter come opening day, which I don't think is crazy. And I think he's probably the front runner. In fact, I, I kind of wrote a follow-up article to all of that on bravestoday.com if you want to go check it out. And I, I kind of wrote devil's advocate to all of that noise and why I think it could be a, a bad idea. And just to kind of briefly summarize that, he hasn't been good as a starter in the past. And you look at the fastball velocity as a starter compared to when he's been a reliever, and it is a pretty big difference. It's a two to three mile per hour difference on his four-seam fastball. And it's obviously been much more effective at the higher velocities. Can he keep that velocity as a starter? Do we get a chance to even see that in spring training? Because sometimes in spring training, you know, the most the starter is going to go is, is four or five innings. So do we even get a look at him in spring training where he gets a chance to throw 80, 90 pitches and we see if he can carry that velocity deep into an outing? Because that's, to me, is the big question for Ronaldo Lopez. He's got the wipeout slider. My question for him is whether or not he can become a solidified, you know, back-end starter. We're talking about a fifth starter here. Is can he maintain that velocity? deep into games as a starter. And I don't know that we're going to get a good look at that in spring training. I do agree with Mark Bowman. If I had to predict right now, I'd say they're going to go ahead and stretch Lopez out as a starter. And I think in those short outings, I think he's going to have really dominant and good stuff that's going to lead to him at least being the fifth starter to open the year if everybody stays healthy, which, as I said at the top, isn't always the case for the Braves in spring training. So I think Lopez is probably the front runner for that fifth starter job, but is that the right decision for him long-term? I think it makes some sense out of spring training. You're going to stretch him out anyway. 
you might as well give him the chance to hold that job down. If he does, great. If he doesn't, you can always move him back to the bullpen where I, I think he's probably more effective and more of an asset, even if you want to make him a multi-inning reliever, kind of like a Josh Hader back in the day, coming in in the middle innings, pitching two innings or so. I, I think that's probably where he has his most value. But again, I would love for him to go to the rotation, and I would love to see him maintain that velocity and that stuff for 80, 90 pitches. And you know, even if he can become somebody that just regularly goes four-plus, five innings, six innings every now and then, that's still a huge asset if he can do it with the level of dominance he has done or maintained as a reliever the past two years. So that's the, the fifth and final thing I'm watching for at spring training is what does Ronaldo Lopez look like? How far do they stretch him out? And do they stretch him out enough that we can see him being able to maintain that velocity? Look, velocity sometimes doesn't always come easy for pitchers, even in spring training. But that is one where I'll be watching the on-field performance and specifically that fastball velocity for Ronaldo Lopez. So those are the five things that I am watching. Let me know down in the comments sections on YouTube, what are you watching the most in spring training? Would love to hear from you next. I'll get to some of your comments on that. and Also, the latest news from the day. Old friend Jorge Soler has found his home for the next three years. We'll discuss that here next. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Right now, you want to get in on the NBA Finals action. The Celtics are pretty heavy favorites at the moment at plus 260. Your Hawks plus 24,000. Hey, you're feeling really good that that team is going to put it together at the right time. You could win some big money there. But every time I think the Hawks are turning a corner, I, I, I start to pay just a little bit of attention, although I can't watch them because YouTube TV and Valley. But every time I think they're turning a corner, they fall flat on their face as they did the other night. But hey, you, you're feeling good about your team. You can do that over on FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can also get on MLB Futures bets right now. You got the Braves. Favorites to win the NL East, Acuna, Strider, the favorites for MVP, Inside Young. You can get all of that over on FanDuel.com slash locked on as well to get ready for the Major League Baseball season. Also, make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, a visual sportsbook partner of the NBA. I want to remind you again that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. Mentioned it before the break, but Jorge Soler signs a three-year $42 million deal with the Giants. Look, I would love to have Jorge Soler back, but it just never made sense with the Braves already having Azuna under contract, especially the year that he's coming off of. And neither one of them can play the field, in my opinion, at this point. Maybe Ozuna's the backup first baseman and get some time there. Let's hope not. But good for Jorge Soler. Good for the Giants. His power will play even in that park. 
But maybe the best part of it all is it feels like, to me anyway, we've been getting a ton of videos here lately of Solaire's Game 6 three-run homer. And every time I see those on Twitter, I stop and watch it at least a good five or six times. It is one of the best moments in Braves history, in my mind, that home run from Game 6. But Jorge Soler has found his home. Maybe the Braves will trade for him here in a year or two bring him back to the Braves. It's also our countdown to opening day is at 44 days. And obviously, number 44 was worn by the greatest of all time, Mr. Henry Aaron, who wore it from 1955 to 1974. And now nobody else will ever wear it again in a Braves uniform. Interestingly enough, only two other people wore it before Hank, which was a little bit odd. Bob Chipman wore it in 1951 and Buster Clarkson in 1952, but there's no record before that of anybody ever wearing number 44. And like I said, there'll be no record of anybody ever wearing it again with the Atlanta Braves. I asked you on Twitter, what are you most looking forward to watching in spring training? Chip Hendricks said the lineup and how it will come together. I saved this one. This is another one that, you know, somewhat interesting, interested in in spring training is seeing how Snicker kind of plays with the lineup. And you're not always going to have the the same group together and the same starters together, but I'm interested to see what he does. Does he bat Michael Harris at the top some in spring training? How does he shake up the lineup a little bit? Where does he put Murphy in Ozuna? Where does he put Kelnick? Um, I'm, I'm a little bit interested to see how he manages that, but because the lineups are not always the starters every time and you're going to have guys taking days off, you can't always put too much um, stock in it, but I am curious to see maybe those two guys specifically, Michael Harris and Jared Kelnick, where he puts them in the lineup in spring training and just kind of what ideas he has there. And then E. Goldie says, I'm excited to see Sell and Waldrop and the new bullpen arms. So uh, touched on a couple of those Sell and Waldrop already. There are some really you know interesting bullpen arms. The Ray Kerr one that the Braves brought in I think could be very interesting as well. Um, so looking forward to seeing all those guys looking forward to seeing anything and everything spring training as things get underway um but i am really really looking forward to it as leland said just a reminder only three nights of sleep until college baseball season starts especially the sec and yes i'm looking forward to that as well again you got pitchers and catchers reporting this week college baseball season starting this weekend it is officially baseball season and i cannot wait to get things going final comment here from sean finley who says leap harrison the nine hole he will see better pitches with acuna behind him i do not disagree except i kind of want that for kelnick where are you going to put kelnick if you're batting michael harris ninth you're going to bat kelnick seventh you're going to bat him sixth in the order I, i get what you're saying and i've kind of been on that train too the last I guess year or so leaving Harris in that nine hole where he's been really good. But I think he's proven himself now that he's going to be a good hitter no matter where you put him. And like I said, I would love to see Kelnick get some time in that nine hole in front of Acuna. That's been a great spot for hitters the last couple of years with Acuna protecting them in the lineup. So I kind of want to see Kelnick down there in that nine spot and Harris either at number two and moving Ozzy down or seeing Harris in that sixth spot in the order. But it'll be interesting to see what happens there. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked on Braves. Thanks so much for all your support. Again, tomorrow we'll be going over the top position battles. A lot of things already settled for the Braves, but there are 
a few really, really interesting battles, including some we touched on today. We'll discuss all of those on Wednesday's podcast. And on Thursday, we'll look at the top free agents for next off season, And then we'll have our Mailbag Friday episode on Friday. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves on YouTube if you haven't already, making that push for 10K by opening day. You can help me get there by hitting the thumbs up button on this video. Make sure that you follow us on social media at shortstopball at Lockdown underscore Braves. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 